Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randall and myself. I got no jokes this week. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. But I do have a public service announcement. Okay. Um, so you watch PSA. You guys, if you watch any YouTube videos, they're always like, and Ray did this in his video. He's like, pound that uh, like button and subscribe. Uh, I don't care if you like our videos or not. Quite frankly, I don't care even if you subscribe to the church's channel. But what I will say, and not everybody knows this, that if you subscribe like to the church's YouTube channel, mm-hmm. like on YouTube, for example, then you will get notified when the video is uploaded. So okay. some people kind of rely on me or just the regular weekly rhythm, rhythm to yeah. know that the podcast is going to be up. But if you subscribe, you'll get notified or you can silence those notifications and uh, yeah. get notified yourself. Yeah. So And, and just to clarify, am I... We do care whether you like them, but whether you indicate that you like them or not doesn't affect <laughs> okay, yeah. doesn't affect what we're doing because we're not we're not being driven by any of this. This is just hopefully uh, for you. For instance, we just want this to extend the teaching time into your world, and so. But I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, and also I had a conversation one time with someone who's like, ah, does it cost anything to subscribe? Because you pay for subscriptions to places. Yeah. This costs you nothing. Really? It's totally free. Now, just remember, though, you get what you pay for. <laughs> so there's, the expectations need to be... Yes, uh, you get what you pay for. Adjusted. Uh-huh. Right? Good. That's it. That's there's your PSA for the week. I like that. Good. Can we do that every week in lieu of the joke? No, no. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to tell back. you, too, I don't know if you saw the last one, but more than one person commented on Maddie. Oh, that I've not so heard much. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, and I, I keep saying the same thing every time. She was so great to come in, uh, very bold in her getting ready to address you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really fun to see her. Like, And she's so adorable. It's hard to diss yeah. her joke. I mean, I can't diss her jokes. No, you can't. And, uh, yeah, she was a little reserved, but at the same time, like, if you saw her personality come out, it's yeah. a little bit of sass with you when yeah. she'd be comfortable that's good she's hysterical that's so good um, kids are great yeah anyway it is good yeah. all right so good. we're here for a reason we're in hebrews 3 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so just want to revisit that sermon yeah. uh, from sunday morning the title of it was fighting off unbelief hebrews chapter 3 mm-hmm. so a couple of questions came in i mm-hmm. uh, want to throw them out there for you good and uh yeah so i'll just read the first one it's kind of a multi-question question mm-hmm. Uh, we are his house if we hold fast. Right. So those were the first two points, verses yeah. five into six. Yeah. So we are his house if we hold fast, but what happens if we let go? If we let go for a year or five years, what yeah. if, what happens if we never grab hold again? Right. Can a true Christian fall away indefinitely? Yeah, so I'll start with the last part of that. The way we read the scriptures, taking into account several verses that hit different angles of this, that a genuine Christian, uh, and, and what I've been helping myself with this these last couple of weeks, a genuine Christian mirrors the fourth soil of uh, Jesus' parable of the soils. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, what's it called? The parable of the sower. The it's sower. usually called the parable of the sower, 
but better uh, probably renamed uh, the parable of the four soils. That fourth soil is the genuine Christian, and that's because that goes all the way to fruit bearing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so we read the scriptures, I'll, I'll go to the end of that, we read the scriptures to say that genuine believers do not fall away mm-hmm. indefinitely. So I'll start there. That's the way we read the Bible in our church. Genuine believers do not apostatize. Apostatize. I forget the spelling of that, the proper spelling. They don't fall away. Uh, remember the word from the weekend. Genuine Christians do not abandon Christ. They, they continue to believe through the end. So that's the way I would answer that, that last part. Now, can you back up? I don't have the question. Yeah, so no. What if they fall the... away for, like, okay. lose grip for right. a year or a so, period of time? So one of the things I talked about with, I forget who it was, right after, after the uh, sermon was done, after church was over. So what, what we can't do with any of these scriptures is we can't use these scriptures to judge what's happening in another person. So there's no way that we can judge the heart of anyone. But we do know that in the scriptures, there are lapses of unbelief, lapses of disobedience, into disobedience. And so it is possible for any of us to lapse into disbelief and disobedience for a time. That's, that's possible. Mm-hmm. That you, can, you can name that carnality, if, you, if you're familiar with that term, where instead of being spirit-controlled, you are flesh-controlled. Uh, so it is possible for any of us to experience lapses like that. It may, might feel for someone, I'm just thinking of an example, like someone who's going through a time where they're starting to deconstruct their faith, like yep. we talked about a year or two ago. Yeah, that's right. They start asking questions. They're doubting. Yep. Is the Bible yep. God's word? Yep. And is Jesus the Son of God? Yeah. And and how come God isn't helping me in a crisis, mm-hmm. which becomes a crisis of faith? So a person could bail mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And then you know, hopefully, God has mercy and and um, brings them back, and they repent of their thinking toward Him and all of that. Yeah. So yes, uh, again, we would you know we would read the Bible and say, no, the Bible has uh, a lot of uh, a lot to say about carnality, sinfulness happening on the part of saints, like the Book of Corinthians, for instance, which is addressing an immature group. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, something along those lines. So I can't remember how it started, how that question started. Though. Yeah, we're his household, or we are his house if we hold fast. What yeah. happens if we let go? Yeah. So. I, I, a couple of things, though, quickly, when you when you think about your week, the first thing is it is critical for us to to notice that that is the way the scripture reads. So when I when I look at this text, um, we are his house. That's the status. If indeed we hold fast, is the condition. So it is it's important for us not to limit that condition or to eliminate it. Let that condition stand. That's the type of tension that we've often talked about. So there is a, as I I hope I was fairly clear on Sunday, there is a completed aspect of our faith, but there's also an incomplete aspect of it. The incomplete part is that if we indeed hold fast our confidence, the completed part is what Christ has accomplished for every one of us who believe. Now, in the case of a genuine Christian, let's get back to the end of this question. In the case of a genuine Christian, 
this is a person who does, uh, who is in God's house, who is God's house, God's household, because they are holding fast. Right. Through all the ups and downs of, of doubts and faith and crises mm-hmm. of faith, this is a person that responds to these warnings, mm-hmm. is what we've tried to. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, that genuine believers hear this with ears to hear, and they, they hear the warning and they go, uh, I have been warned. Therefore, I take the warning seriously and I put it into practice. Yeah. So. Yeah, another way you could read that verse just backwards almost is, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope, then we are we are his house. Yeah. Just an if-then yeah, statement that that's way. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the person who asked this question, uh, I'm not sure if it was in another church context or personally, but mm-hmm. said they've been studying Philippians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, again, I told you I missed the first half of the sermon yeah. because of the ministry fair, but mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have it up. But I, it, I'll get it. I, I think I can get it. Did you hear. cover that at all on Sunday? Uh let me just check. Philippians 3. Yeah, Philippians three seventeen to 19. I'll just read it for everyone's sake. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory in the, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So the question is, in a similar vein, can a Christian be an enemy of Christ? So uh, first, I did not cover that. Um, There was no time even to get through what I had, so there was no going to that. And I didn't have that text on my radar, although that is uh, another one of those apostasy texts. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the question was, can that happen to a Christian? Can a Christian be an enemy of Christ? No, no. Paul calls them brothers. I think... um, I think let's. Um, oh yeah, yeah. In Philippians, they're called brothers, but again, uh, the ones that he's talking about, for many of whom I have often told you, now tell yeah. you even with tears, they're the ones that are are no longer a part of that. Uh, I'm assu- I'm assuming are no longer a part of the Philippian church. Right. At that, the writing of this letter. That would be my assumed context. Yeah. They were a part of the church. Yeah. They were a part of the gathering. Yeah. The, the the church, but. Yeah. Now they're not. And I would say that, again, according to our best readings, no, this is not This is not talking about genuine Christians who lose their salvation, to use that type of term. Uh, that's not what this is. This is, the, this is what's happening throughout the New Testament first century, where the early church is continuing to face what Jesus said it would face, which is something, again, I talked to someone about on Sunday. Remember that Jesus talked about the wheat and the tares staying together for a while, right? And mm-hmm. don't uproot the tares because you'll ruin, you could hurt wheat. The, the wheat. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of that in Scripture. And then the one that I was reading in my own reading, I, I don't even know if I can find it quickly. But let me see if I can try to find in First John. Uh, I'm going to say maybe in First John 2 or 3. Um uh, let me let me see if I can find it. But the gist of this is that it's describing people that went out from the local assembly, and the fact that they went out is a sign that they were never from, they were never of us. So let me just mm-hmm. see if I can locate that um, uh, quickly, if I can. I because, 
I can tell a joke if you want. Uh, I don't I don't want to. And thank the Lord he helped me find this verse before the joke came out. Verse 19 of uh, chapter 2, verse 19 says, uh, 1 John 2, 19, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read that lately, or if you haven't factored that into this type of discussion, that's 1 John uh, 2, 19. It's the clearest place in the Bible that explains defection from churches. Yeah. What does the defection mean? Now, this is not talking about someone who changes from one church to another for a variety of reasons. This is talking about someone who says, I'm no longer a part of the body of Christ. And so now what is happening? And remember, the reason why this particular series and our time in Hebrews is important is because the trajectory of the evangelical church is we're going to go ahead and we're going to abandon the church, but we're going to try to cling to Christ. So mm-hmm. again, as someone helped uh, help me remember, this is a person claiming to stick with the head but reject his body. Yep. You don't, you can't do those two things. So, you make me smile. Good. It's like you knew the next question. Okay. Well, good. So, um, yeah, that just transitions nicely. So, you mentioned Randy um, the reason why many people have stopped attending church. Sure. Doesn't fit in their schedule. That's the reason. That was a uh, something you read, I think. I did read that. There's an article from a book entitled The Great De-Churching or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, So if that is the reason, then what can or should we be doing with that knowledge? Do we ignore it and carry on, or should we strip some things away? Should we try and adapt in some way? I really appreciate that, whoever said that. Thank you. So that the reason for addressing the article was that in our text— um, you know, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And then you've got that continuing, uh, the continuing the faith that comes up twice in verse, I believe, six and verse 14. So those two places in this section of scripture are talking about, let's, let's make sure that we do not follow the pattern of those who fell away uh, and they, uh, they could not enter rest. So yes, yes to the... Uh, you know, the part of the question, should we adjust? So when I read the article, mm-hmm. I was really I was really blown away by the, the common answer of our American way of life is not conducive to community anymore, which means if church and, and church attendance doesn't contribute to my success and my individualism, then it's not a priority. So whoever asked that, I would I would say yes. When you see evidence like that, First, just remember it's in the air we breathe. So my whole point of bringing this up throughout the years has been, please understand the, um, what would you call it, the influences. that. And I actually, I don't know whether you were back in the service at that time, but I, I referred to you and your comment. Remember when we were preparing the early uh, studies on the catechism that we're working on? Mm-hmm. You said the, the world is preaching at us. The world has yeah. its sermons. Mm-hmm. And so I refer to that on Sunday that, that you had said that. So the sermons that are preached toward us are actually, they are decreasing the importance of church and community. Mm-hmm. So yes, what what apparently needs to be done is that churches like ours should continue to 
ask a lot of their members because it's the asking a lot which can aid, not always, but can aid their maturity by making sure that the priorities uh, of the priority of church and community in Christ uh, is greater than the priorities that would take them into their normal American lifestyle, mm-hmm. which in, involves, of course, money and time and all that. So yeah, adjust, adjust. And you're fighting against being an American now. I mean, yeah, so how should the church, I think that's that's how I read the question anyway, how yeah. should the church, and maybe, maybe even specifically Calvary Bible Church, what's your take, what's our take? We did have a, we touched on this at the elder retreat, in yeah. the membership conversation. What's the way forward for Calvary Bible Church? Yeah, I, I think, and you and I and the others, you know, we're working at, we expect we expect people to be um, a vital part of this place. We don't mm-hmm. we don't want consumers here. Right. We don't want people to come to come to Calvary Bible Church and just take in, take in, take in. The mm-hmm. body of Christ is functioning. Um, it's functioning with respect to the degree that everyone is doing their part in the mm-hmm. body. So we are asking everyone that attends be a vital part of the body of Christ here mm-hmm. and all that that means. And we need to just keep sending the signals about all of the one another's that are involved and, and using your money and using your time and using your gift, all the normal, kind of normal churchy stuff, yeah. which some people might, you know, just say, well, no, you know, that's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. There's just no way around that. This the spiritual growth in a body is the most critical pursuit of any of any of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what this is about: being being kingdom citizens. And so, yep. what do we tell kingdom citizens? Uh, you know, what do we tell them about who they are, how they're supposed to function, and whether it's pursuing God and advancing the kingdom, whether it's teaching people to do the things Jesus said to do. All of those things are a part of. This is this is the type of people we're trying to create. And in, and to credit to these, I think it was a dual authored book. Credit to these authors who were saying at the end of the article, churches need to be transforming their people into a different kind of citizen. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. Citizens of the kingdom first, citizens of the country second. You know, 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 which is the priority? Mm -hmm. You know, the old old thing, we've heard this now for several years. Are we Christians first and Americans second? Or are we Americans first and... Christian second, and yeah, I mean the culture has a huge sway on us. Yeah, and so I might be reading between the lines a little bit here, but I think there's um, part of the question anyway that I was reading is: Are we, as an American church, we're very event oriented, mm-hmm. right? We've got things on the calendar, yeah. things to do, yeah, and sometimes I think churches can go too far where it's good. Very, you know, inward focused, uh, or there's just something on the calendar all the time, and you've, you you know, just got the calendar packed with stuff. Um, And how helpful is that versus uh, freeing them up to Mm -hmm. disciple their families at home or invite their neighbor over for a meal? Um, Whereas if your calendar's, church calendar's too tight, you don't allow those opportunities as much. Yeah. But... I'll let you chime in then. Yeah, that's good. There's a, there, I think good. there's a good balance there to strike. So we don't want to exactly. dial back at Calvary Bible Church to the point where the only thing that we do during the week is a Sunday morning worship service. Right. 
And I think there's a lot of value in having a large ask because mm. we, we want to be, we want to commit our lives to something. I mm. think naturally we want to live for mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. bigger than ourselves. And as followers of Christ, we, we've got that and we're called to that. So we don't want to, you know, peel back and minimize the right. church calendar right. to the point where it's a very small part of who we are because right. it needs to be and will shape us if it is a large part of who we are. And, and if we, and, and so the person, for instance, who says, I'm only going to come to Sunday morning worship service only, mm-hmm. it's rare that that kind of Christian over the overall tenor of their life is actually going to be in a position to make disciples of mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. Because if they are only attending uh, a worship service only, if that's all they've ever done, then more than likely they have not been able to stretch themselves toward maturity because they're just not in the venue enough to do it. Yeah. So there is a there is a huge balancing act that has to take place where we do provide opportunities for disciples to be made, but also for them to use their gifts in ways to develop the body. Mm-hmm. All of the gifting texts all talk about how important each member is for others mm-hmm. to contribute to the health of someone else. So again, if you're only taking in, only taking in as a consumer and not contributing, yeah. the body's suffering. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what and you know, you're right about the, you're certainly right about the balance that's necessary. Yeah. And we've used spiritual climber language yeah. in the last year or so. Which so the more you're engaged at church and in the body and, yeah. you know, whether that's learning or disciple making yourself... That's spiritual exercise for you mm-hmm. and for your soul yeah. that uh, is going to mature you, deepen yeah. your faith and love for Christ, and yeah. that's why we do it. Yeah, and it's not even. It's, and for me, it's not a minimum or, or a low bar, as much as it is. Here's the foundation uh, for maturity in Christ. So my my history and my experience, along with the reading of the Bible shows that if you find me a mature Christian, find me one, mm-hmm. you'll find a person who has, yes, attended church. They have grown in other areas besides just Sunday morning. They are faithful in serving, using their gifts, and they're faithful in giving. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's no way around this. There's too much emphasis in Scripture on these disciplines. Yeah. To say, I can reject those, but I'm a solid believer. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That's not the case. Now, that's different from saying, hey, you ought to have X amount of meetings that you attend and all that. No, no. I'm really just interested in how are you functioning in a body? Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's your attitude towards your faith family? Do you look for ways to help one another? Um, do you use your money uh, and your time for the kingdom? Those are all extremely critical for especially according to what Jesus said to, to his own. Yeah, and so just to reiterate that last part of the question, should we try and adapt in some way? And I think I'm speaking for us, but correct me if I'm wrong, I think we would say no, because we want to be a biblically shaped church and people. Oh, adapting a, to the culture. Yeah, gotcha. Should, yeah not gotcha. adapt to, well, people yeah. aren't, you know, it's not so important to them, and yeah. their schedules don't fit it in, so yeah. we need to find a way to... Yeah you know, fit the church's schedule into the culture's schedule. And that's happened. And I think that's a dangerous place to be. And there's some gray area probably, but I think um, 
we want to be careful not to adapt yeah. our church's schedule to the culture schedule. And what I hear a lot from uh, Christian uh, Christians who have young families, especially young families with mm-hmm. children being involved in athletics, yeah. the shift over the last 20 or 30 years has been amazing to see how much activity now is required on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So I've heard more than a, uh, you know more than a handful of parents through the years struggle with. Well, do I limit my child's involvement in sports now because it demands? It, it, it used to be back in the day, no one had things on Wednesdays. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the shift. I yep. mean, I, and now Wednesday is not even an issue. No, but Sunday now. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's uh, there's an example of Christians trying to work with that balance. You know, how do I raise my family with the priorities of the kingdom when? You know, sports is a big deal too. I mean, I'm sure. its biggest fan. Yeah, and uh, was so. As a, you know. Can I ask you what was your kind of family policy, or how did you navigate that with kids? <laughs> That's what I mean. When we or, were when we were young, there was no, we didn't, we weren't faced with hardly any Sunday with your kids. Hardly any. Yeah. So take that, mm-hmm. you know, take that that amount of time and mm-hmm. look where we are. Oh yeah. And now the other thing that didn't happen as much back then with the travel teams. Yeah. So it's one thing to have a sports season. But now a lot of these kids are playing year-round on some right. other travel team. And if they're really good at it, mm-hmm. then it's like, wow. It can be but that's just one example. There's all, I mean, we could do, we could do a lot of things uh, today about, you know, uh, the subtlety involved, for instance, now that live stream is available, the number of times now mm-hmm. any of us can say, well, it's really, I mean, I can catch the live stream. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's true. There it is true. I just want you to know the traps are set, and so when you, when you, when you read Hebrews three, watch out that you don't fall away. Remember, this is not as I said from the reading that article. The people that are surveyed, it's not like they jumped off a cliff. It was a very gradual moving mm-hmm. away, so much so that when they look back, they don't even know how it started. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. interesting phenomenon. No, it really is, and that's that's exactly right because. I don't think either of us want to say there's a clear black and white line as to how to navigate uh, adapting our schedules and the culture in the church. Wisdom. But keep your radar up because anything that takes you away from church on a regular basis, there's a danger there. Sure. uh, Because you're you're starting to distance yourself from the body. And it gets, uh, and I didn't have time, but in that article, the first example that they gave was a person whose life is just filled with activity mm-hmm. and they had to make a choice on a Sunday between going to church or meeting with a friend that they haven't seen for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so they met with the, they chose the friend. Well, good for you. I'm, I would say good for you, you know, mm-hmm. but that led to other, other examples in that person's life. And so pretty soon you add it all up and it gets easier and easier to say no to church. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those examples and um, anyway, I mean, we could do a lot with that. But. Yeah, we sure could. Hopefully, uh, though, I mean, hopefully beyond Sunday, you're just catching the sense of uh, that particular uh, message from Hebrews 3, 5 to 19 uh, was involving, um, you know, fighting off unbelief. And uh, hopefully when you hear the word of God, you're listening to it. So you're not hardening your heart. And then also remember, I did get to verse 13 on Sunday. So that encouraging one another while it's today remember that's the key to you and and uh, for you and me that's the key uh, to keeping a body uh, from going uh, into apostasy mm-hmm. is that mutual encouragement from verse 13 good and I don't know where that uh, they, I think that was the very last point on that uh, so exhort one another every day yeah
good. Um, yeah, so no, thanks for, for preaching on Sunday. I've benefited from it. Um, someone asked me, the how's my faith were, today? Part, yeah, I, I've yeah. had more than one person ask. Yeah, good. That's yeah. what happens when you tell people to ask you a question. Yeah, it's good. They take it seriously, which is well, great. I'm really glad that yeah. people were listening. Yeah. Um, so public service announcement number two. Okay. No podcast next week. You leave tomorrow morning. I'm out of town with the Mexico team. Can mm-hmm. you do you want to give the can you give the team members because we'll talk. I mean, hopefully around post will go out. But do you know them all? Of course I do. All right, name them off. Oh goodness, For okay. Everybody. Brian Klein, Judd Buckwater, Isaac Buckwater, four of the Newlands: uh, Ray, Dorcas, Braylon, Trey. Nice. Four Fernalds: Chad, Christy, Catherine, and Emma, Evelyn, my daughter, myself. Uh, did I get? Did, were you counting? No. Oh, the Hesses, Braden and uh, Kylie. I was just thinking of smart remarks is is the best I could come up with. Like, Uh, are they going to charge a full seat for Emma? Yeah, I think so. She's she's 12. Is she the littlest on the trip? She and Evelyn. Is she the youngest? uh, Yeah. And then actually Trey, they're all eighth graders. They are. Okay. Going into eighth grade. So I don't know who's older than her. What a trip for them. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it'd be really good to cover your prayers. Uh, Brian and Lori Smith are looking forward to having us, I think. Oh yeah, they are. Um, I talked to Brian last week. Yeah. So no, we'll invade their space for a little bit, but hopefully get a lot of work done. That's going to be great. Help with the church a bit. So it's great. Yeah. So anyway, no podcast next week. We've yet to figure out a plan. I need to teach someone else to do, do this and whatever, touch certain buttons. I bet the folks will be okay. I think so, but you never know. You know, they might, I need a good joke teller. I should have Maddie come in and host. <laughs> That'd be that. fun. Bless your heart. And Trey's going to be with me, so he can't host. He can't help. Oh, goodness. All right. So anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for uh, yeah, just being part of this faith family. We enjoy doing life together. So Randy, we'll see you on Sunday. I won't, but maybe you'll see me if I can figure out some video It'll stuff. And Yeah. Appreciate great. you guys. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.